0: Welcome to the Bible in a Year with Manna. I'm your host, Uriah Beagle, and with me today is Mr. Richard Young. Join us as we experience God's Word together and grow in our relationship with Him. Today we'll be reading from the Berean Standard Bible. The reading plan we're following is the One Year Chronological Bible. Today is day number 21, and we'll be reading from Job chapters 8, 9, 10, and 11. Let's dive in. Job chapter 8. Then Bildad, the Shuhite, replied, How long will you go on saying such things? The words of your mouth are a blustering wind. Does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert what is right? When your children sinned against him, he gave them over to their rebellion. But if you would earnestly seek God and ask the Almighty for mercy, if you are pure and upright, even now he will rouse himself on your behalf and restore your righteous estate. Though your beginnings were modest, your latter days will flourish— Please inquire of past generations and consider the discoveries of their fathers. For we were born yesterday and know nothing. Our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not teach you and tell you and speak from their understanding? Does papyrus grow where there is no marsh? Do reeds flourish without water? While the shoots are still uncut, they dry up quicker than grass. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So the hope of the godless will perish. His confidence is fragile. His security is in a spider's web. He leans on his web, but it gives way. He holds fast, but it does not endure. He is a well-watered plant in the sunshine, spreading its shoots over the garden. His roots wrap around the rock heaps. He looks for a home among the stones. If he is uprooted from his place, it will disown him, saying, I never saw you. Surely this is the joy of his way, yet others will spring from the dust. Behold, God does not reject the blameless, nor will he strengthen the hand of evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with a shout of joy. Your enemies will be clothed
1: in shame, and the tent of the wicked will be no more. Job chapter 9 Then Job answered, Yes, I know it is so, but how can a mortal be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with God, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has resisted him and prospered? He moves mountains without their knowledge and overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place so that its foundations tremble. He commands the sun not to shine. He seals off the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and Orion the Pleiades, and the constellations of the south. He does great things beyond searching out and wonders without numbers. Were he to pass by me, I would not see him. Were he to move, I would not recognize him. If he takes away, who can stop him? Who dares to ask him, what are you doing? God does not restrain his anger. The helpers of Rahab cower beneath him. How then can I answer him or choose my arguments against him? Even if I were right, I could not answer. I could only beg my judge for mercy. If I summoned him and he answered me, I do not believe that he would listen to my voice, for he would crush me with a tempest and multiply my wounds without cause. He does not let me catch my breath, but overwhelms me with bitterness. If it is a matter of strength, he is indeed mighty. If it is a matter of justice, who can summon him? If I were righteous, my mouth would condemn me. If I were blameless, it would declare me guilty. Though I am blameless, I have no concern for myself. I despise my own life. It is all the same. So I say, he destroys both the blameless and the wicked. When the scourge brings sudden death, he mocks the despair of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He blindfolds its judges. If it is not he then who is it? My days are swifter than a runner. They flee without seeing good. They sweep by me like boats of papyrus, like an eagle swooping down on its prey. If I were to say, I will forget my complaint and change my expression and smile, I would still dread all my sufferings. I know that you will not acquit me, since I am already found guilty. Why should I labor in vain? If I should wash myself with snow and cleanse my hands with lye, you would plunge me into the pit. Even my own clothes would despise me. For he is not a man like me, that I can answer him, or that we can take each other to court. Nor is there a mediator between us to lay his hand on us both. Let him remove his rod from me, so that his terror will no longer frighten me. Then I would speak without fear of him. But as it is... I am on my own. Job chapter 10.
0: I loathe my own life. I will express my complaint and speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, Do not condemn me. Let me know why you prosecute me. Does it please you to oppress me, to reject the work of your hands, and favor the schemes of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh? Do you see as man sees? Are your days like those of a mortal, or your years like those of a man? that you should seek my iniquity and search out my sin, though you know that I am not guilty and there is no deliverance from your hand. Your hands shaped me and altogether formed me. Would you now turn and destroy me? Please remember that you molded me like clay. Would you now return me to dust? Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? You clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinew. You have granted me life and loving devotion, and your care has preserved my spirit. Yet you concealed these things in your heart, and I know that this was your mind. If I sinned, you would take note and would not acquit me of my iniquity. If I am guilty, woe to me! And even if I am righteous, I cannot lift my head. I am full of shame and aware of my affliction. Should I hold my head high You would hunt me like a lion and again display your power against me. You produce new witnesses against me and multiply your anger toward me. Hardships assault me in wave after wave. Why then did you bring me from the womb? Oh, that I had died and no eye had seen me. If only I had never come to be, but had been carried from the womb to the grave. Are my days not few? Withdraw from me, that I may have a little comfort. Before I go never to return, to a land of darkness and gloom, to a land of utter darkness, of deep
1: shadow and disorder, where even the light is like darkness. Job chapter 11. Then Zophar the Naamathite replied, Should this stream of words go unanswered, and such a speaker be vindicated? Should your babbling put others to silence? Will you scoff without rebuke? You have said, My doctrine is sound, and I am pure in your sight." But if only God would speak and open his lips against you and disclose to you the secrets of wisdom, for true wisdom has two sides. Know then that God exacts from you less than your iniquity deserves. Can you fathom the deep things of God or discover the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? They are deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. If he comes along to imprison you or convenes a court, who can stop him? Surely he knows the deceit of men. If he sees iniquity, does he not take note? But a witless man can no more become wise than the colt of a wild donkey can be born a man. As for you, if you direct your heart and lift up your hands to him, if you put away the iniquity in your hand, and allow no injustice to dwell in your tents, then indeed you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm and unafraid. You will forget your misery, recalling it only as waters gone by. Your life will be brighter than the noonday, its darkness will be like the morning. You will be secure because there is hope, and you will look around and lie down in safety. You will lie down without fear. And many will court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail, and escape will elude them. They will hope for their last breath. Father, thank you so much that you are the source of our hope, that you bring hope even in dark places. Thank you, God, for your word. Use it today again to inspire us, to draw closer to you, and to help tell others about you as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. We have a new friend joining the fray, starting to argue the case for
1: Job's sin. Mm-hmm. He's a short guy, right? Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Bill Dad the shoe height. It's it's an old bad joke. Anyway.
0: Oh, because he's shoe height. Oh my goodness! It's the shortest guy in the Bible, right?
1: <laughs> anyway, how long will you go on saying such things? Sorry. <laughs>
0: <sighs> well, but, an- anyway. So this guy, again, is saying, what'd you do wrong? You did something wrong. Confess it to God. God's a, God's a great God, and he'll forgive you. You just have to figure out what you did wrong, and he can restore you.
1: Exactly. And he attacks his children. Look, your children are all dead now because they were sinners. Mm. Uh, we don't get that anywhere in the narrative. That's uh, the, the most polite thing to say to someone who's
0: grieving, too. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, not, sure it's not, comforting words. Not a great guy.
1: Yeah, so again he, he talks about past generations, a rich history and tradition. These characters really did have the whole oral history passed down to them from mm. Adam through Noah and his sons. And so they they did know who the Lord God is. They and did they did
0: know him. Something important he says is nor will he strengthen the hand of evildoers. Mm. So he he knows that God built up Job, so is this conflicting with what he thinks has happened to Job? Is he saying, oh, you only get good things if you're righteous, and you had all this good stuff, but now you're being smote down. So I I think there's some conflicting stuff, even with his argument against Job
1: here. Right, and I mean, he does base it on fruit, right? We reap what we sow. So obviously, you have all this bad experience coming into your life. You must have done something evil, and he He also quotes the papyrus. It it can't grow if there is no marsh. Things Mm. happen for a reason, but he's only using natural reason again. He's equating the
0: fruits of the world to devotion to God. God will give you all these great things if you're faithful to him. Mm. They're all in the books for you if you're faithful to him. You'll be wealthy beyond measure. But if you're sinful, you're getting nothing. It's all being stripped from you. So a very tit-for-tat version of faith, where if you have good faith, you get things. If you have bad faith, you
1: don't get things. Right. It kind of b- blows a, a hole in the whole prosperity gospel. You know, if you, if you sow into this ministry, you're going to be blessed. Well, you know what? Maybe there's a motive behind the one saying that. Mm. Maybe. So then we go on in chapter 9. Who has resisted God and prospered? God made the stars. So a lot of the things that he says about God are right on. Job definitely knows God our Heavenly Father, but he also is continuing to maintain his integrity and his righteousness because in his own mind, he has not sinned.
0: And in his not sinning, he still keeps the authority of God in the right place. He Mm. said, who dares to ask God, what are you doing? Mm. he knows he wants to and he actually does i mean he he does yes why and and, but he knows that at the end of the day he said he rounds this speech out with i will beg my judge mm. he is stronger than me he is stronger than man he knows the position of authority god has over his life and he still respects that even in his turmoil even in his questioning he maintains his blamelessness though throughout this I think one of the better things that he says here is he refutes the argument of the previous. As he says that both the blameless and the wicked are destroyed.
1: Right. Everybody dies. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody dies. There's one end that is awaiting all of us. And again, he's without hope. He says, what's the point? Why should I continue my struggle? He also calls on the fact that there's nobody to stand between him and God. There's no mediator is the word that he uses, and it's a beautiful prefiguring of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is fully God, so he can touch God, and he became man, just like us. He he became a human being, so he understands everything that touches our lives. So now we have a mediator. Job did not sense that he did. We are given the gift of this mediator, and mm. we
0: are also given the gift of God in us, in the, the temple being switched from a physical place. We'll get into that as the time moves on, and we are allowed to talk about the temple in description. Mm. But now the temple is in the believer and the holy spirit is placed in there the presence of god carried with us Mm. and just another thing that we are given over job where he if job were alive today how much more righteous would he be for having god in him like that such a a great figure in the old testament
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he did that without the holy spirit
1: he did Mm. that without our blessed mediator jesus amen Amen. But he, again, moving on in chapter 10, he hates his own life. And he does express his complaint. He speaks in the bitterness of his own soul. And he cries out to God, don't condemn me. Look, you made me this way. You allowed all this to happen to me. You see what I have. I'm made out of flesh. But do you see, God, do you see as man sees? And again, Job's asking some very penetrating questions. Clearly, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our, so- our thoughts. He's way above, outside of time and space, and he does see. His days are not like those of a mortal. No, his years are not like those of a man. He lives and inhabits. He lives in eternity, and that's the place that he inhabits.
0: One of the most penetrating questions here that's important for many people going through grief Your hand shaped me and altogether formed me. Why would you now turn and destroy me? Mm. And so talking about trying to understand God's wisdom and giving to take away or creating something that will be destroyed quickly before its due time is the thought Mm. there. Mm. And it's such a difficult... Question to ask because we don't know the impact of it because it happens to us. We don't know the what if that hadn't happened. We don't mm. know the what is the expected outcome. What is the good outcome from it?
1: Yeah, he says, He says, Withdraw from me so I can have a little bit of comfort before I die. Never to return. He knows where he's headed, right? People in this day and age had never seen one rise from the dead. So his. His expectation was he would go away and never return. Now, Zophar comes on the scene, and he's got a reply. How does he start out? Well,
0: he he starts a little bit of uh, (laughs) accepting that he's asking questions, that he needs to have somebody answer, but he also says he's just babbling. Right. Babbling is probably a bit of a rude term here for a man who's grieving and trying to express his grief. He's like, ah, you're just rambling on. Mm. Very mm. dismissive of his, his line of thought, his attempt to find meaning in it. Mm. Mm. And he even says that when he's talking about being blameless, that that's incorrect, that God will find what you've actually done, mm. even if you don't.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he says wisdom has two sides, but then he goes on and he says, you know what, Job, you think you got it bad? God is exacting from you less than your iniquity deserves. I mean, and Job will come back and say again, what kind of friend are you? <laughs> I mean, I, I am at my lowest low. Why are you heaping all this on me?
0: Yeah, their intent is strange, and because they, they do at the end of it, they are always like, oh, but if you turn back to God, things will be great.
1: Exactly. But he keeps saying, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. And they cannot hear that. They cannot imagine that all this, all this trouble, all this woe would be on Job unless he had done something wrong. But it is interesting mm. that you will. At, he concludes, you will lie down without fear and many will court your favor. The eyes of the wicked will fail and escape will elude them. They will hope for their last breath. And he, again, is laying that on him. That's where the wicked end up. They end up dying and and
0: being separated. And he even talks about Sheol, which one of these days we're going to have to have a a bunch of separate side conversations about some of these biblical concepts that are in the Old Testament and, and him mentioning Sheol, which is a place in the afterlife. But even alluding to the spiritual realm. So he understands that there are deeper consequences. But thank you so much for joining us today and we look forward to being with you tomorrow for day number 22 of the Bible in a year with man